man, this is it. Like you have to deal with this for the rest of your life and you're never going to see your brother again. Just accept it. Like he's gone and you now have a new reality that you have to deal with. Welcome to Dead Talks. This is your host, David Ferrugio, and this is a podcast where we discuss death, life, and everything in between. We make an uncomfortable conversation a little easier with storytelling, insights, and believe it or not, plenty of laughs. My guest today is my brother from another mother and one of my favorite people to talk to on or off my podcast. His name is Dan Han, and he truly has a knack for telling it like it is. And in this episode, he really drew me into this powerful story of his brother who died almost 20 years ago while Dan was only in high school. Though the conversation stems from his death, we allude to many other conversations of life along the way. I won't give away any more details, but it was a great dialogue that I'm sure you're going to enjoy because I know that I did. Thanks again so much for tuning in, and please, let's enjoy some TED Talks. Because I'm laughing. Because I'm nervous. Yeah? Why are you nervous? Of course. I don't know, dude. I'm freaking being videotaped. You think I like that? I think you look great. Not even about the way I look. I've done, like, TV shows. You've done TV shows? Yeah, as, like, a bartender. You know, like... Like oh. basketball wives and like all these stupid reality shows will come in and like I'll be the guy who has to like sit there and make them drinks and while they un- talk. Are you uncomfortable? Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Like well, I tell them too. I'm like, just so you guys know, they're like, don't worry, you're not, they're, you're not going to be in the show. Like I'm like, all right, good. They're not going to be in the show, but we're going to record. Like you'll see, like you'll see me in the background, kind of like, mm. but <laughs> you won't hear me or yeah. anything. It's it's so random. But oh. like I just feel uncomfortable the whole time. Two huge cameras on me. It's well, these terrible. are two tiny cameras and it's not live, so you'll be all right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I guess we might be starting right here, guys. Welcome to Dead Talks. This is uh, your host, David Ferrugia, with another episode. Uh, I have none other than Daniel Hahn. Does anyone call you Daniel? My mom calls me Daniel. Okay, I'll call you Dan. I think my dad. No, my dad has nicknames for me. Yeah, I don't know. Just my mom, I think. Okay. Maybe well, my grandma. Well, Daniel, we have Daniel Hahn here today who's going to share, uh, I think, one story. I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, he's going to speak about his brother today. And that's about it. Dan, what's up, man? How's it going? It's going, brother. So... I mean, tell me about your brother. Tell me wherever you want to start, and we'll go from there. All right, well, we could do a uh, bring it back to childhood type of story. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, my brother passed away when I was um, in high school, the middle of 10th grade year. And uh, I was just, like, out and about with a good friend of mine. We were actually at the movie theater, and I think we were picking up uh, some trees. Okay. And Not a I- Christmas tree. No, and I'm pretty sure it was Jared Serkin, to be honest with you. I really don't remember it specifically, but I think I was with him. We were at the movie theater, like in the parking lot, waiting to meet up with someone. And uh, I, he got a call on his cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I was like the poor kid. What year back is this? Then. This is 2002. Okay. Okay. So this is like 18 years ago now. I didn't have a cell phone. Jared had a cell phone and someone called him. and was like, oh, you know, he's like, someone's on the phone for you. Like okay, that's weird. Like people don't usually call me on other people's cell phones. Yeah, and uh, I I take the phone phone like, and it's my next door neighbor's mom. So a little backstory: my next door neighbor, his uh, my next door neighbor Jesse, who I grew up with my whole life. He moved in when I was like one years old, and we just grew up together our whole lives. Like he was my other sibling. Like we spent every day together in the neighborhood, whatever, whatever. So his mom was on the phone calling my friend who I was at the movie theater with randomly like that doesn't happen yeah and I was like hey what's going like what's going on she's like where are you like I buying trees yeah like <laughs> I'm at Magnolia movie theater like what's going on uh don't go anywhere I'm sending uh Jesse to come pick you up I'm like what can you tell me what's going on like I'm like this is crazy like what do you I, I mean what do you mean she's like don't go anywhere He's coming to pick you up. I'm like, oh, okay. I hang up the phone, give it to Jared. I'm like, uh, this is the situation. I don't know. I have no, I, have, I don't know what to tell you. He was just like, all right, cool, man. Like, I'll wait with you or something. I think, I, I don't really remember. So my friend comes, picks me up. It's like, kid, I grew up with my whole life, my best friend. And I look at him I'm like, dude, what the fuck's going on, man? Like, what what's happening? He's just... Uh, I can't. I can't talk to you. I, uh, we. Just, I'll wait. Till, you gotta wait till you get home. I'm just like. I knew. I mean. I. I must have just known. I was just like. This is something wrong. And um, I didn't say anything. Like the whole car. I didn't try to like. Pl- you know, pry it out of him or anything. We just drove all the way home. It's probably like a 15 minute drive. And he parks in his driveway. We walk like through his yard. And I remember getting to my 
um, driveway, and there was like a lot of cars in the driveway, like an abnormal amount of cars, maybe like five or six cars. I was like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. And I think I saw my dad like kind of like walking into the house, and he didn't even look at me, so I was like, oh, Jesus. And then when I got inside, there was like people there, like friends of my family, blah, blah, blah. My mom was like screaming on the floor. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And someone, I think my dad or someone was like, yeah, your brother passed away today. What happened? How did he pass away? Yeah. Overdose. He was like the night before. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if interesting is the word, but um, my brother was 24 at the time when he passed away. The year prior to that, he had lived on his own, done really well for himself, selling like he was like a, um, what's the word when you're like on the phone selling like a telemarketer type of okay. guy, but like he was doing really well for himself. Everything was good, making a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, um, the economy crashed a little bit. I think it was the stock market bubble or something. And his job just like he totally lost his job. So he had to move, come and move back home, which is like very... Uh, deflating for him at the time you know he was like the 24 year old kid he was doing really well for himself and he has to move back home after being out of the house for three four years and so he moves in literally the day he moved in he goes out parties with all of his friends like he would normally do and he fucking must have been doing Vicodin Xanax all this other shit was at a strip club like you know just stayed out all night and at the end of the night he went to his friend's house and I think he did some sort of heroin either shot it up or snorted it and that was it did you have a history of that or was just like an abrupt thing so we we found out later on that <clears throat> it was he probably had a history of it like a lot of his friends after he passed away had pa started passing away like a lot of people in his circle all of a sudden were now dying and then it was like wait they're dying of like heroin like they're injecting it like so we never really like dug deep to really find out you know if he was injecting it because at that point who gives a fuck but yeah, I mean, I think he was, like, at least doing it for five months, six months, a year. But, I mean, everyone in South Florida was doing that. And to this day, still, a lot of them are, like, doing these uh, prescription drugs, yeah. you know, Oxycontins, all that stuff. Yeah, the opioid thing is, for a while, I thought it was, like, because my, my town is a similar thing. And I realized it's these, like, suburban, you're, you grew up in, like, a suburban town? For sure, or, yeah, 100%. Oh, it seems to be a consistency with those towns where it's, like, very much so. you don't get out type shit. Yeah, it's weird how it's kind of attracted to that area. Um, but yeah. Why is that? Is this nothing to do there? I think it's a combination of nothing to do and it's very party centric. Like people just want to get fucked up. Yeah. And I think there is a weird, like, you know, they'd say weed is the gateway drug, mm -hmm. which I don't agree with that, but like Either. drugs in general, like I just feel like if you keep graduating, you, unfortunately, if you graduate enough, you'll get to something that, mm. you know, can really ruin your life or kill you. So do you still remember that day? Because I know you, you brought us up to the point where you saw your mom, your dad, and then someone told you. I, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Um, I remember after being told that, I literally was just like, okay. Went to the couch in the living room, sat down, turned on TV, put on HBO. HBO Boxing was on. Pretty sure it was a Saturday night when it happened. It was like HBO Boxing Saturday night. I literally just sat there with my next-door neighbor best friend, and I, I mean, we just... I just kind of fucking was like very internal. I was like, man, this is it. Like you have to deal with this for the rest of your life. And you're never going to see your brother again. Just accept it. Like he's gone. And you now have a new reality that you have to deal with. Was that a switch you on that couch in that moment? Yeah. That you it made was really like kind of like I just sat there and just reflected on what was happening. Did you cry? Did you cry? Did you cry? No, not in that moment. No, right. I did not. I didn't have like emotions i mean i guess this is different per person but have you what do you attribute that realization to take it like that because i mean everyone reacts differently so maybe it's just you just chalk it up to that but i think it was my my version of survival that was like how i could survive a traumatic experience by making it like pragmatic i guess is that mm. the word it just kind yeah. of Life happens. This happened. You have to fucking deal with it. Is that how you operate normally? To put not, not when it's death? Just I think so. Yeah. May, I don't know if it was something I had instilled in me before it happened or if it's something that like a switch turned on and now I, that's why I handle a lot of things. But yeah, for sure. What about your parents? How'd they handle it? Or not, you don't have to get too deep with that. But yeah. I mean, yeah. What was there? And I guess obviously your mom was in a commotion, which is understandable. But um, yeah, my dialogue? parents definitely handled it, handled it differently for sure. Yeah. 
my mom never really got out of that just tornado of you know depression and emotion and older son well so my mom has had three sons her first son was from a different father and then me and my brother were from the same father so he was the oldest full brother but i have a half brother who i consider you know i'm really close with you lose it i always heard i mean can't not put in a hierarchy of death and what hits you more, but losing a child before you, before you guys got to be one of the one of the tougher ones. Do you, so, do you? What kind of dialogue do you and your parents have, or like since then, or at that time? Do you guys was it something that you kind of just shut the door and move forward? Like how you handled? No, it? No, actually, that- I mean, my parents were very um, open to talking about him and just things in general, which they've always. But in, they've always been like that as parents. Like you could talk to my mom and dad about anything. And did you in regards to this? Yeah, from time to time. I mean, you said you internalized it. So I wonder if that carried, yeah, you're, always I, carried through. I, I mean, we talked about it, but it's like it's like one of those things. Like I don't know. You just like, what do you talk about? It's like weird yeah. because you have certain conversations, but then like there's almost like you start to like I don't know redundant. Yeah, redundant. Exactly. So you never felt like anything. Because my, my initial thought when I hear someone say they internalize it like I did, I wonder how much how much I would bury something. But I wonder, you, you ever you ever consider that being any kind of factor or residual from it? Or you just, oh, for sure. Do you know what it is? For sure. I mean, do I know? Um, <laughs> so I, I'm have, not laugh, I don't mind laughing, but... <laughs> no, no, I have, uh, you know, my theories. But yeah, definitely. Like, I definitely think it's affected me in, like, relationships with girlfriends and... And I, even relationships with like friends in life, like the, I don't know, like it's it's definitely had an effect on me for sure. And yeah, the way I handle it that day, you know, I think it's followed me throughout my life. Um, I, I mean, I definitely want to like work that stuff out, you know, and see what's that stuff. Well, just see a therapist and see if there is something that needs to be kind of you know massaged out of me, <laughs> like you know the I fact. I mean, you just you you carry these emotions with you, and it's. I don't know. It can have a negative effect. So in your opinion, when you're carrying these emotions, is that emotions that you haven't let go? Yeah, probably. Do so you think it's just a straight up, just a ball on you or some shit? Yeah, kind of. So it feels like there's like this weight inside me that I never like let go. But Why do you think it's like just a survival? Survival. Yeah, survival. Well, yeah, I mean, if you put up these walls, it's a lot easier to just, you know, not deal just with keep it within, pain, yeah. the trauma. You know? Yeah, that's the weird part because there is that defense mechanism to protect. It's, it's so weird when you because now that you said it like that, it made me think. It's like when you do build these walls around, you know, a specific encapsulated moment or emotion that's traumatic, it acts as if a defense mechanism or a survival, which makes sense. For sure. But then the effect that defense mechanism has for encapsulating that moment has residual effect that it, might, it can't be They're good. usually negative, yeah. They're that's, usually negative, for sure. So that's the ironic part. It's like, if it's a defense mechanism to protect you from that, then how is it truly a method of survival if it's affecting us in the long term? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, why do we... Why do we do anything? Why, yeah, why do we let any trauma at an early age or, you know, in your teens or young, just kind of stay with us for the rest of our lives? Like, a real... Def- you know the, the the real defense mechanism should be to just like let it go and like it literally does nothing to you right like oh my dad was an abusive parent i don't give a shit yeah like that would be the best way to get over it yeah i think i think the uh the answer to do that is to be a complete sociopath probably but, but unfortunately it's just not how nature works for whatever reason it's weird so have you put thought like we obviously spoke about a, a therapist as one manner for sure, but is this something that's been lingering? How it's been eighteen years? Sorry, yeah, eighteen years. So is this something that you've had in your mind in regards? Because seems to be very aware of whatever these theories are. Do you have like what are you, you want to share some? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just thinking. Um, is it relationships, friends? Like, how, what does that mean? How do you, right. how do you see it mean? Because it could mean anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I saw a therapist right afterwards. Did nothing for me because I was so fucking closed off. Yes, and I was in high school. Or like the last thing I wanted to do was talk to someone about my emotions. What are they trying to? I'm curious. Do you remember what kind of ship she would answer? I do Ask. not at all. Yeah. Like I literally remember the lady's office, and that's it. Like I don't remember what she looked like. I don't remember what we talked about. And I don't think I went. There. I don't think I went very often. So it was like maybe I went six or seven times or something. Yeah, I mean, such as life. There, if you're not willing to, <sighs> if you're not decisive to do something yourself, you know. Yeah, gonna... my parents didn't have any money, so it wasn't like. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't going to just send me to a therapist. Yeah. And 
but no, I don't know. But um, theories. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, later in life, just like being in relationships with certain people, like I sometimes wonder, like, am I not falling in love with this person because I'm not capable of it? Because of the walls I've put up, because of the trauma I've gone through, the things I've seen with, you know, my brother passing away, how it affected my parents, how that affected our relationship. And it's like, fuck, I don't know. So, or maybe I just didn't meet the right girl. I don't know. I think about that. I think about that time in regards to my relationships too. And that was brought to life from someone else. So I never, the weird part is I never correlated the death of my dad with my romantic relationships from all people I speak to, it seems there is, it could be a very heavy, it's just loss in general, I guess. And I would imagine, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know anything about therapy, <laughs> but like, I would imagine that like 99% of therapists would say like the loss of a significant person in your childhood or even later in life just has to affect your relationships going forward. Like, I just can't imagine, especially a father, a mother, a sibling, like, I just can't imagine how it doesn't. Like, how does it not affect your relationships going forward, you know? I mean, relationships in life, I guess. But it's just interesting, I, like, when you can build these walls and almost like somebody just kind of like, that's it? You just blocked it out? I think so, yeah. Do you remember the, the next coming months or, like, anything after? Or is it kind of a blackout as well? In terms of, like... Just in general, like... Did, what, they were terrible, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, what are, <laughs> wait, I'm trying what, to remember... Like, wait, wait, what was terrible? The, uh, up the months afterwards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, if I really had to d dig deep, I mean, it was terrible because I wasn't just dealing with the loss of my brother. I was dealing with uh, a mother who had lost her son. Hmm. And that in itself was probably almost worse in a, in a way. I mean, obviously, it's not worse because I would choose having my brother. But yeah, that was like insane. Like, it was literally insane. Yeah, she, she took it the hardest? Yeah, by far. My dad, honestly, like, I feel like, I don't want to speak for him, but like, I feel like he handled it like how I handled it. Mm. And I think I get that from him, you know, that kind of like, just roll with the punches type of lifestyle. How do you communicate with someone that is so, that has handled a situation so devastatingly, understandably, so the fucking mother of a child, like I get you it. Can't. Is you there, can't. You can't. It's impossible to communicate with them. Yeah. It's impossible. Literally, you cannot understand what they're going through. Mm. And you can't reason with them. There's no reasoning. They've lost a child. It's over. Like, they don't, everything, nothing else matters anymore. You know, when, when someone's that deep in it, like my mom was, she was lost. She was gone. I mean, it's taken her years to even get to, like, you know, where she is now. I mean, it's been 18 years, but I would... If I had to guess, she probably still cries every day. If I had to, if I had to guess, for sure. But I know she definitely did for a long time. And like, how could I? Yeah. What do you say? Like, yeah. I mean, it's gonna. You'll be okay. Like, time will heal. Yeah, it comes back to what you said earlier about. I mean, you know, how, how many times can you say the same thing? Also, like, I have my life ahead of me. Like, yeah. I'm I'm a 15 year old kid who lost his brother. Yes, it's fucking terrible. And, devastating like i wanted to grow up with my brother for the rest of my life and you know whatever weddings kids whatever nephew whatever but like i can't tell my mom that like dude, yeah. it's her fucking kid like that's it that's all that matters like i have the rest of my life ahead of me I, I could have kids i could have a family like my brother's my past that's not my mom's past till this day i would imagine it's still her present you know what i mean like i i wake up and i don't think about him to this day like there's times where i'm just like Oh shit! I haven't thought about David, and you know I can't remember the last time I talked and thought about him. There's zero percent chance my parents don't think about him every day. Yeah, you know. So there's just a, there there it's a different level to the trauma, I would say. But yeah, I mean, being around her was tough for sure, and she would be like devastated probably. That you know she's feel, I know she feels devastated that I was I was around her, but it is devastated what it, that you were or weren't that I was around her because she feels like you know it had a negative effect on me, which it did, but. What is she supposed to do, you know? Yeah, it's such a compounded effect because often when I have these discussions, I only think of, you know, the death of so-and-so affects you, but then it's, there's, so much, there's so much more to that they bring into light that it's, it affects, because the death of a loved one like that is obviously not just one person. It's the family. It's the right. friend. It's, it's, it's so much around that. So it's interesting to think how, how much 
you know, besides the death, like seeing your own mother just brokenhearted is 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 something was one of the worst things. Like, is it came out once again making a hierarchy of which feels worse? But yeah, that's even a that's a that's like an in your face daily effect as opposed to you know your brother died, you kind of severed it for better or for worse. I mean, right. that's a tough way. To, that's a strong, a very strong way to handle something. That's kind of how I feel like I handle things, and I was, I you know, I learned off my mom was just kind of like, okay, this happened. What is it going to do by dwelling on it? Right. Besides making you more sad. So the, the compounded effect of seeing your mother like that, I'm not going to go all Freudian on you, but that I can see almost, you know, affecting the whole mother-son thing. I don't, For sure, You yeah. know what I mean? Like that affecting a relationship. But do you say in regards to your relationships, because you also said friends too, is like a commitment thing or what, what do you, what do you mean? No, honestly, I don't really, I haven't, I haven't really dug deep into that, but I do find like I sometimes i don't know like it's weird like i'll look up to people in, in relationships and mm. something and i'm like why am i looking up to like certain friends or whatever people i work with i don't know it's like this looking it's more of like looking up to someone and then i'm like for like guidance and things and I'm like I'm, and then i sit back and like that bro i'm looking for like an older brother like i'm looking for someone to kind of uh. Fill that you. void, right? Because yeah. that's what I had as for my older brother. Like I was, he was someone I looked up to, someone I could talk to about anything and like shoot the shit, you know. And he would tell it how it was. Like you think I fucking tell it how, how it is, dude? <laughs> More than you, dude. He was hardcore for <laughs> sure. What she says, whatever the hell's on his mind. I mean, yeah, I, I got a lot of that stuff from him, but no, he was. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're he was you're, serious. You're on a strong level of just saying whatever the hell's on your mind, which is what I love about you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> but no, I mean, he was definitely one of those people for sure. Um, but yeah, I, fe I feel like with certain relationships, like I'll look up to people in a certain way and I'm like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. What makes you think about like today or makes you think about uh, unraveling more? Like, was that a recent thought or just something you thought about going back to a therapist as you got older? That's something probably in the last like five to 10 years I've just thought about. I mean, I dated a girl out here for four or five years and she would always say that to me too she's like you need to like i think she could just sense within me that i had the demons or whatever that needed to kind of be settled um you think it was a sense or she ever kind of break it down for you or try to she never broke it down for me i don't think she could articulate in those terms i don't know if she has do you not express yourself definitely not isn't that ironic that you, you talk so much shit and you just say whatever's in your mind but when it comes to like love you're getting nothing yeah <laughs> you get nothing <laughs> Seriously, it's so it's true. Yeah, it's it's very it contradict it's contradictory it's so or whatever. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah, well, love, I mean, love you get nothing. Are you affectionate? No. Are you like you're not like a very touchy feely guy? No. <laughs> not with someone who um, someone that I care about. Okay, someone you care about, you are touchy feely. No, 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 the opposite. Someone you care about, you're not touchy feely. You are touchy feely. Sorry, what are we talking? How is it? Like, how are you? I would feel. I don't know. I'm trying to think like. If I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm definitely not touchy feely. I how do I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm touchy feely in physical sense, but emotional sense, not. Yeah, I mean, if, okay, that's okay. that's where I'm trying to draw the line. Yeah. So like, it's more of just like emotionally open, like and being there. Like, yeah, I've never cried in front of a girlfriend. Like, I've, oh, I'm, I I don't like to like be the one who says I love you. Like, I'm not the one who's gonna. Be emotional like i'm not going to be emotionally there like available in that in those terms i mean you were so young at 15 do you remember dan pre-15 a little bit but i don't know if you can really correlate pre-15 to like how you're how you are now but it's so hard yeah so there's hard. also too i don't know if you have this issue because your dad passed away when how old were you i was 12. so you were a little bit younger than me similar but like my memory is like shot same yeah same and i brought this up several times recently and on the podcast i don't know if that's a being a kid thing and it's been so long i don't think so or it's just straight up a defense mechanism i think it's, it's i think it's trauma out. i think it's literally just like you're so fucking out of it and you don't realize it that your brain is just like kind of coasting you through life and your memories just aren't there yeah that's the that's the consistent message i'm hearing from many people that have lost someone probably specifically when you're younger because maybe both i guess you give it enough time if you're yeah. older uh, my last episode I just had with my buddy Garrett, he was talking about, he he shared some really powerful shit about a trauma, ex traumatic experience he went through and nothing to do with death. Mm -hmm. Total curveball, didn't see it coming. It was, it was pretty intense. I mean, he explains it much more upbeat, but it was an intense experience and he didn't even know it happened until like 
20 years later. Well, yeah, that's very common. They say, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's in the moment memory loss where like people get raped or sexually yes, exactly. abused. Was like, a, a and they don't even, they're just like, it never happened. And then all of a sudden they see a therapist and they're like, I was raped when I was four years old. I, oh my God. Exactly. Like, and they're like, it's like, yeah. Like, what the fuck? It's like a glitch in the system. There's well, they do that. That's a, again, goes back to the self. That's just self defense. That's like you, this tra traumatic experience, we're going to erase some of your memory. Yeah. Even though it's still going to affect you for the rest of your life. That's it's, the it's gonna take years of therapy to get it out of uh, get get it out of yourself, but it's just like a six year old can't remember that they were fucking molested. Like they cannot go through life like that. Six it, years old, seven years old. Like imagine you're seven years old, eight years old, nine years old. That has to be forgotten. You're at such an early stage of like development. Yeah, you can't be in fourth grade remembering that you were sexually molested when you were in second grade. Yeah, you're not mature enough to release it either. Just what do you? I mean, dude, that is like serious trauma. Like you yeah, were fucked. fucked. You were fucked. So yeah. the only way you can survive that is if they erase it from your memory. It's which, a, I remember when I say they, I mean your fucking yourself, like your defense, whatever's in there, your consciousness. Yeah, it's like it's just like a temporary hold. It's like a temporary. We're gonna put this on hold, and hopefully you figure this out later. Otherwise, it's sure. gonna mess you up the entire life. That didn't realize. That's the crazy part. It's like we're so affected by things that we don't even realize. So even if like you didn't lose your brother, you probably have shit that you have to unravel. You don't even For realize sure. that aren't. That aren't sure. necessarily as traumatic, yeah. but that's this, this, this is so ironic again that you know the defense mechanism is to forget it, yet that defense mechanism is deteriorating you at the same time. Yeah, what the hell? I don't know, man. So you're gonna unravel shit? Are you talking? Do you ever do you ever bring it up like this? Like we're talking right now? Does it does it come up conversationally? Are it's you, hard. It's hard. Who wants to talk about this? I mean, you know, I'm gonna say, hey, I'm damn. My brother died when I was 15. That's but, what I'm saying though. But like, who who wants to talk about this? Not yeah. even like, even if someone like let's say. One of our friends that we know wanted to like, hey, you know what? I kind of want to talk to Dan about his brother passing away. Well, so, I mean, anyway. but I'm saying there's zero chance they feel like I want to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, such yeah. like a you don't know what the other person's feeling situation. So it's yeah. like I don't want to bring that up if he doesn't want to talk about that. And that's the thing. I truly believe that more people want to talk about it. And deep down, I think people know they should talk about it. Right. But it's just that like, also, if you don't have someone that you're, sh you know. I guess this is the question of do you want to talk about it? It's, hard. it's easy. It's easier to ignore than do it. Yeah, I mean, I've dated girls long term and never talked to them about it. I mean, it's probably because I didn't bring it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's most of it. I think most people, especially if someone, even if they know about it, same effect to me. People either don't know about. It, I'm like the same thing. I'm like, I want to say, hey, I'm Dave. My dad died. Like, it doesn't come out like that. Also, it's a conversation. It's like, all right, once you have the, I don't know, like, what? I mean, how much? Like, what do you? How? What do you talk about? Like, I mean, it's what we're doing right now. Yeah, but this is like an interview. Like, this is like an interview process. Like, to have a natural conversation like this is not as. I guess easy. in a setting where you're not setting time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. There's, that's why I think it's. I mean, it's, that's why therapy is important too. Because yeah, it's the set, setting. It yeah. forces you to do it. Yeah, and hopefully you have a good therapist who could actually like dig deep enough to be like, this is why you feel this way or this is why you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Relationships is the easy one, but I just like just commitment in general. I just, but like on this, it's on the surface, I think, I mean, I feel like I've been so rational and really th thought about my dad's death so much that I'm like, how does this affect my relationships? Like, I get it. My dad died. I, I've lived with it. I'm okay. What, at what point did you accept that your dad had died? Um, September 17th, 2000. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know. I, it was just, it was kind of, I can't name it. I can't pinpoint it. Eureka. It was just. Like, I want to know your story, to be honest with you. I've never even heard your story. We never even spoke about it. I no. mean, we don't, I mean, you know, I guess I, have to, I should be doing an episode about me one day, so we don't have to get too redundant. That would make on. a little sense. Uh, yeah. A show called Dead Talks. And not tell my story. Yeah. It kind of comes up anecdotally, but yeah, I got to do an episode where someone interviews me, but. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. I think at some point I just got comfortable with it. Maybe my mom pried it because I was – I, I related to you earlier because I was inward. I was very inward where I just kept shit in. I didn't express myself. Yeah. And I, I guess think that's the most normal defense. Most, yeah, I would think mechanism. so. Like, yeah, most people aren't. Like my older sister, Jacqueline, bless her heart, she wears a heart in her sleeve and you know how she's feeling, which is amazing. Like she's, like, she's much more outward and can, yeah. she'll tell you how she feels, which is very courageous if you ask me. Like – but you're, to do what you're doing is courageous to talk about it. Yeah. That's the whole point of this fucking podcast. Uh, but I don't know when, I don't know how many years it took. Like I'm, it's uh, 20 years later. I'm still realizing now it took me 20 years to realize that I still need to dig shit up. Like on the surface, when I tell people like, yeah, I'm good. I miss my dad and I feel good. I'm, li I'm living a good life. I'm very blessed to have the life that I have. 
what I, when I really think about it and the more I'm learning it just about, you know, trauma and brain and all this shit that I've been reading up on. It's like, yeah. there's some shit that is definitely in me. And I've always, I'd always felt it. It was like, I've had this like feeling inside that there's just something there that like needs to be released. And I don't know, I can't pinpoint it, even though in my head, I'm like, it's probably something with my dad, but I don't know what, what exactly it does to me. Cause I only know me as me. Yeah. And well, that's the other thing too. It becomes a part of your identity, right? Yeah, exactly. It's part of my identity, so it's, it just feels like me, yeah. and it's and like this is how I am. But I, I know more than ever at this point in my life that you know, I don't care. People always say it's you know, you're 35, 40, whatever it is, you can't change. You are who you are. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that yeah. at all. I think it's I think it's harder to crack the shell. Like mm-hmm. I think you get more and more embedded as the person you are, and it might only become harder. But the fact that you can't change the, your your these paradigms and this, the things you think and your beliefs. I think it's bullshit. I think it, it's, it's almost, that's almost like a, a comfort thing too. Like, oh, this is how I am. It's, I'm just going to keep it like this. It takes effort to change. For sure. And To grow, I, change. Yeah. Uh, it all takes effort. I mean, if I, I, think, I think there's shit I still need to unravel. That's why I was curious when I asked you, when you said that earlier, that you have shit that you need to unravel. I was just kind of curious as to why you think that. And, you know, you mentioned your girlfriend's kind of set up. It's just a, you had a feeling? You just, what do you feel? Is it a feeling? No, I mean... Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's different levels to it. One, I've had, I've also had stomach issues ever since my brother died. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm. Since like, then, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's like, is this just trauma transforming itself into? Very much so. I'm like, not I mean? diagnosing you, but like, that's, the, that's, I mean, yeah. That's, so that's, that's how it, it works. It just sometimes. seems super obvious. It's like, why would your stomach all of a sudden start to give you issues after your brother passes away? I had like, an, ep- an episode with Jesse Cavanaugh and she, mentioned uh she explained that she was like how stress stress and trauma and certain issues literally store themselves in certain parts of your body she's right like, exactly like and i was and she was like oh i was like is it just the shoulder shaft from baseball or something they're like well yeah it could be but it also could be you stored so x y and z in for whatever reason which right i guess that's where acupuncture i don't know if that i can't yeah. talk about acupuncture i have no idea anything about it but, but i think there's part of acupuncture then also like just like um holistic healing in general like you know energy the, stored the, in certain yeah, places the, was it the sac- chakras the chakras yeah like all that stuff like releasing energy blah 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 yeah but i bet it's interesting you noticed that like how soon after are you saying like honestly i don't remember it's so weird because like it, i can't remember if it if i had the stomach issues before or after but it was in that year that i started having stomach issues and then after my brother passed away it was like like it was it. Like I was. I've never been the same since. I mean, if I if I was a betting man. Yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, obviously, right? But like, do I go see a therapist and like all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm like, oh, my stomach's better. I don't know. That'd be fucking interesting. It would be right if that was the if. I mean, yeah, I've come. I have a theory that my stomach issues are anxiety based, mm-hmm. and the anxiety is probably from the trauma from then dealing with the anxiety of losing my brother. I mean, my mother go through the situation, blah, 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 all that stuff. Like, it's kind of just compounded itself into anxiety. Yeah, especially when you don't release it. Yeah, well, I release it, but not in the way you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple ideas how you might release it, but I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I, th- um, I thought you might have released it earlier, to yeah, be honest. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> but, um, dude, it's crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, like what was her name, Jessica? Who are we talking about? You said the girl who was on who said oh, Jesse, yeah. Jesse, yeah. Like you just like these things store themselves inside you, right? Yeah. Like based And there's so many different schools of thought of how to release it. Like you said, do you go to a therapist as just like traditional and blah blah blah? Would that work? Do you go to a you know unorthodox, unconventional energy healer? Right? Yeah. I don't I don't know. DMT, I don't know. DMT. I brought that up as well early in episodes. I had a DMT experience that I feel like related to what I also said earlier that I have a, like a feeling that I just need something released. I don't know what it is. That's Hundred percent, what it was, and I felt, I dude, I, I, I felt this like in the middle of the of the. Do you call it a trip? I guess, yeah. I guess. DMT trip. It's yeah. a tri- it was a trip, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely something, and it was. I felt this build up while I was in that state. Felt it building and building and building. And the woman that was putting it on for me, she like pushed on my chest as soon as she like saw me. I guess I don't know my face or whatever. I just she, she saw my face, kind of cringing maybe. Pushed on my chest, and that energy just got completely released. It was like. Tears flew out. I wasn't sobbing. I was just a flow of tears. I felt like it was burning the sides of my face, just tears flowing down my face. And I was just like a release. And at the end, after I kind of settled, she gave me a second. I asked her, I was like, what the hell was that? And she's like, I don't know. It could have been from last week's stress. It could have been from a childhood. It could have been anything. But you don't cry, right? Um, Not often. Occasionally, I'll like tear up. 
like when I, in certain moments when I think about things, I'm kind of intentionally like an anniversary and shit. Like I, I almost try to. Well, pull like it when out. was the last time you cried and like you literally couldn't control that? Like oh. tears were coming down your face. Uncontrollable cry. I don't remember. Yeah, I've had like tears. Yeah, like that probably was like a release of you just like holding back that. Yeah. Like I, I honestly think if I do DMT, I've never done it, but like I'll just cry the whole time. It's the release of crying is pretty powerful. I would imagine. And just societally, as a man, especially, it's like we're not. Do we to never do that. cry? Like women cry once a month. Seriously, <laughs> I like so I've talked true. to women. They're like, yeah, I cry like once a month. I'm like, dude, I've cried in 15 years. Like I didn't even cry at my brother's funeral. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it says a lot. Does it actually? I think so. I don't know. Some people just don't cry, like physically. Maybe it's about I don't know. No, I think we just suppress ourselves from crying. <laughs> That's exactly what we. I mean, you build fort, you build a wall around yourself. I did want to ask you this because it just came up. Do you ever have dreams about your dad? Yes. How are those? Recently, occasionally, yeah, I've had weird dreams. I've had. I feel like yeah, I'll let you talk. But do, yeah. you have, do you have some dreams? I have. I mean, I've had dreams about my brother since he's passed away. Yeah, but they're they're fucking weird, man. Like they're not. I don't know. It's just like I don't know how yours are. That's I, I mean, I I, I, I just, I've never talked to anyone about that. Yeah, I think I people would either write. You write I don't know. There's two different schools of thought as well. It's like the dreams are just fucking coincidence and bullshit. Or right, right, right. I personally think they mean a lot. In my opinion, I, mean, I do too. For I think sure. I guess there's plenty of studies on it too. Um, I, I just, I've had dreams. One really specific one. I remember I wrote it down a while back. This one was weird. I, mean, I, I might be butchering it now. I have to refer back, refer back to my notes. But I remember I was in the kitchen of my original house years this years after I left that house. We left that house. Yeah. And I was in the kitchen, and then I saw, I was think I was with my mom, and then my dad walked in like a zombie. He was like, it was it was like a shell of him. He was right. like stone cold, almost like pale, just slowly walking towards me like very slowly from the living room i believe and i was yeah i was backing into the kitchen but and my dad is like it didn't feel right it didn't feel like the warmth that i normally feel with my dad and he would just walk towards me slowly and i was trying to like protect my mom i was trying to protect my mom from him coming too close and i remember i pulled out like a knife from the drawer and it would end up being like a sword it's like a long ass knife which didn't seem normal and i pulled it out i was like dad i was like step back like stay where i'm gonna swing at you and i swung like like shoo him off and he like kept coming closer and I swung one more time and I cut him in the cheek and like he turned his head to the left and I like, get a big gash on his face and like slowly looks at me like a zombie and then that's all I remember. That's interesting. So your dad was like a zombie. My dad was a zombie and I slashed him across the face with a sword <laughs> to protect my mom. But I'm like, then I look back and I'm like, am I, I'm not, in, in my head, I'm like, my dad was a good dad and he didn't, he never, never, never had any. No, you're protecting your mom from your dad's death. Right. That's, yeah. that's the easiest synopsis yeah. from it. Yeah. But it's just a funky way of that's happening. Like, did you protect your mom from your dad's death after uh, the after the fact? Did you take on a lot of responsibilities, or were you like emotionally kind of? I don't. You have to ask my mom because it's part of the part of the things I don't remember. You don't remember I, I don't yeah. remember a lot of the. And you ways were young, twelve. It. Shit, that's young. You know what I mean? So it's like my, my my mom definitely took a brunt of it. She 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 handled things in a certain way that definitely covered herself, but she also hid stuff from us based on like she hid her feelings from us. It was like which yeah, I mean. She hit her feelings from us. She was protecting you. Uh, I don't know. But dreams definitely. I I, I try. And maybe I don't dream as much. I try, sometimes I try too hard to dream about my dad. Because I, I want to come to. I want him to come to my dreams. And it's like. I, I think that's one of the only outlets I have to potentially communicate with you him. You should write in a journal about him before you go to sleep. Yeah. Maybe I should, that's a good way to do it. As opposed to just thinking about it. Yeah. Well, had, so dreams? Yeah. I've had like. I've always I have like these two recurring dreams I think but like the main one is like I'm always at my old house that I grew up in of course right like you're just always in that old house yeah. that you grew up in um your safe place or whatever it is safe place yeah and it's always the same situation like he's usually in his old room like he had this room that we it was a room that we turned our garage into like a converted room it was like the fuck we called it the dungeon like my friends the dungeon my dungeons like yeah my friends like nicknamed it the dungeon like you just knew like don't go to the fucking dungeon okay um just not a safe place no okay <laughs> um but yeah like i i always like in the dream like i go into his room or something and, and like there's this feeling of like oh my god like like David's like home. Like I haven't seen him in such a long time. Like I thought he was dead. I thought he was gone. Like how is he here? Like this is like it's like this really emotional. Like like this isn't like I, I was never supposed to see you again type of situation. But like, you feel it in the dream, and like I'm always trying to like wake him up or like get him to talk. And he like won't talk. He won't wake up. Like he's just not responsive. He never says anything. Or he'll like if he does get up. Like sometimes in the dream he'll get up. He'll walk around, and 
like there's always this like trying to get him to, like don't do drugs like you're you're back home now like you're safe like you were just off for a long time doing drugs like being on heroin whatever like this is like it's weird it's like in the dream that you feel these things but like there's nothing there's no actual dialogue right and like like the dreams could like last a long time where it's like you'll you know like it seems like days go on and you're just like just you're you're safe here like blah 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 and it's just like super fucking heavy and weird man like it's fucked up it's what's like, your speculation i don't know dude like i wake up and i'm just like ugh like i don't even feel good <laughs> oh, like God. this fucking sucks what because say- i wake up and he's dead right like right, I, it's right. like all right like that was a dream and then you're just like the dream itself like it's just like it's just unsatisfying yeah, yeah. it's like it's not like i'm talking with it's not like we're fucking you know having a good time playing call of duty with your dead brother like no it's like kind of like your dream like you're fucking fighting your zombie dad right like that's not fun zombie dad sounds like a new like independent horror film i'm sure it's already been made probably but like yeah i'm like trying to communicate with this brother who's been gone forever and trying to like convince him not to, to fucking basically kill himself you know again or whatever i don't know it's like very weird it's like they're I have them like probably once or twice a year. I'm just like, ugh. Similar vibe? They're always very dark, yeah. Maybe I've had one or two that were good that I don't really remember, but like they're always like back home, pre his death, like what what the world could have been. Sometimes I think like maybe that's, I don't know, my brain like working out like, hey, like he could have stayed alive, but would have been fucking off and out of rehabs, over to, you know, there's two, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, dreams are confusing because a lot of things I've read, it's like uh, I can't. It seems very complicated, and like the, its meaning. And one of one of the things I I read as to why they're so complicated and so unconventional and almost like puzzle pieces, which makes good sense. It's kind of like Inception, for sure. Where they have to be. If if they were like, if it was too much like reality, how the hell would you take the? You won't be able to tell the difference. So it's right. almost like your mind conjures it and makes it abstract. To like, okay, this is a dream. This is reality type right. shit. So it's like when you interpret dreams, like the one about my dad, that, that seemed pretty straightforward as, as a meaning, I think. But then again, I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. And it seems as if yours. I'm just trying to get all shrinky on you. Yeah, do it, man. It's cheaper <laughs> than fucking actually seeing one. Yeah, so. but I mean, it's also gonna be more expensive if I'm fucking you up more because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I mean, it, it, the, I feel like the the simplest way to think about it was it was almost as if you're trying to save him as if you maybe feel yeah like, like i could have saved him maybe like you weren't there that's nah, possible but i mean obviously in reality it's like well yeah that's that, one thing i'm happy about which i'm sure you don't deal with at all too obviously because of the way your father passed away it's like i don't have guilt yeah I get my that. parents have fucking guilt dude yeah, from obviously a, from a parental right? standpoint that's why it's so this is totally different devastation yeah especially because like oh my son was so unhappy that he needed to resort to doing like hard drugs obviously that's not a good thing for a parent you know it's like because they blame themselves. It's like, yeah, it's so easy to blame yourself. At the end of the day, obviously, it wasn't their fault. Just, well, sometimes it is. Sometimes, yes, sometimes. I'm, I'm sure. I don't know if it was my parents' fault or not, but like, it is what it is, right? You got to deal with it. Yeah, that's the. I, I'm very. I'm a very. Is it is what it is person, but at the same time, I think it's a very slippery slope. For sure. You know what I mean? I think it's important to be like, yes, it is what it is, but that doesn't mean. I'm not, I still don't have to deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I feel like for a while I was very, I'm very, it is what it is next. But that idea, ideology, I think is very dangerous. Yeah. And that's where, that's where it comes to the suppression and like, but I for mean, sure. it seems like you're, I mean, I know you're a smart guy. So it seems for someone you're saying that's not very emotionally outward. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean you're not emotionally inward. Like you like don't contemplate shit. I definitely contemplate shit. Right. So I, but, this, but I'm not going to tell you I love you. Right. I'm not, I don't, I don't care if you don't love me. Not you uh, in general, <laughs> but like just in general. Like. Actually, I was hiding my feelings. I do care if you don't love me. Um, but no, yeah, I think there's also a difference. I think it's very, I, I think it's very important to be emotionally intellectual inwardly and really contemplate sure. things. But at the same time, it's just like knowledge. Knowledge. People say knowledge is power. It's like, not really. Knowledge is useless unless you do something with it. Right. It's, just, it's knowledge is power with action. So same thing. It's like if you could be inwardly um, insightful and really consider that shit, but if you don't release it, and I, I really truly feel it's almost as simple as that. Like it's not simple, but once you get to that point of re- literally like letting it go is a real feeling. Yeah. Whether definitely. it's talking about it or like an observation, I don't know, or coming to terms with some shit. I wonder if you like if you held some shit in. I know I did. I, I know did. I do. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, I don't know. It's like how do we? Uh, we should see if we can find a Groupon for a therapy. <laughs> we should do couples therapy. We should do couples therapy. 
and go in there, but like they think we're a couple, and then we just start talking about our family deaths. Right. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. I don't know. He's just my homie. I don't. We don't. We don't kiss or anything. <laughs> um. So how are you today? I mean, today, are you, have you been thinking about it more as you've gotten older? Think about because you said like, in general, like you said. Actually, you said the opposite. You said you now this it's been so long, you don't necessarily can think about your brother as often. Yeah, I don't think about my brother as often. But it did seem like in the last few years you've been considering talking to someone. So is that just two separate issues? You think? Yeah. Just like so. in general, just your overall being. Yeah. Are you religious? You're not religious. No. Do you believe in something? No. I think this is an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nihilism? Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, what's I mean? I think my, what's the difference between that and atheism? That's a good question. We were just speaking about this last episode. My buddy called himself an optimistic nihilist. Nihilist or nihilist? Sometimes I, I tell people I believe in science, and they're like, "What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Big Bang, baby." Like, yeah, but it's science is sci that not science? That is science, yes, but I don't think science gives you a, a, a meaning behind it. Like, I, I think science defines like the logistics of that shit. That shit yeah. does happen, but it doesn't like give meaning to it. Does it? Science is science supposed to give meaning to things? No, no, I don't think it does. That's my yeah, point. Yeah. So like, that's my point. Like, what if like God made the Big Bang, but Big Bang says, okay, this this chemical, that shit created that, that gas, that blew up, that's science. But then there's like, what? God created the Big Bang. Like you're yeah. saying that's the purpose. That's the Maybe, meaning. That's know. the meaning. I don't know. That but there's a greater power that cares that, like, that we're here. I think nihilism is like, there's, there's no meaning to anything. You're just a blip on the radio. Just, we're not like... Yeah, I, I, that, then I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, we're like the most. I mean, we're human beings are just narcissistic. We think that we matter. We don't matter. Like an ant on the floor doesn't matter. Why do a bird you think in the that? sky doesn't matter? Are you certain about that? You just that's what you believe. That's just what I believe. Like yeah. it, I think I can't you, wait till you die and find out you were like the you were the most important thing in the ever. That'd be great. I mean, obviously, I would love wrong? that. I'd love to go see my brother and like fucking go to like strip clubs in <laughs> heaven or whatever the hell is going on up there. <laughs> you I don't believe that's possible. I mean, that'd be amazing. I shouldn't say I don't believe that's possible because I don't want to like jinx myself. Yeah, but um, strip clubs in heaven. But yeah, it just seems so narcissistic to be like, we matter. Like, why do we matter? I think, uh, yeah, I wonder. There's is it, nothing, like, really? Dude, we matter? No, I don't fucking believe that for one but, second. But then when you dumb it down, it's interesting because, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it's interesting. When you dumb it down just besides, you know, outside of our atmosphere, just like Earth alone, there are so many people. So it's hard. We're all constantly just searching for meaning and constantly searching for, like, why are we here? Right. Besides all the fact, everyone else that just passed away over the billions of years, millions of years, wherever the hell it's been, it's hard to almost say you have a lot of meaning just on Earth alone today. You know, what I mean? there's so many people. We don't. That's the point. It's it's crazy. Like we don't matter. Is the point? The whole point. And I felt this way before <sighs> my brother died, and before I was at an older age. Like I was supposed to be bar mitzvah with the rest of my family, who were all bar mitzvah, and I was like, I don't fucking even believe in any of this stuff. Like, why am I going to go? You to said this at thirteen. Yeah, dude. Like 12, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't believe any of this stuff. Like, I really had this, like, strong viewpoint. I don't know. I was watching way too much HBO as a kid. Is like, that what it was? You I blame it on HBO? Yeah, like HBO and, like... What shows? Like, everything, like, dude. Like Sopranos? Sopranos since day one. Uh, Oz since day one. Sex and City. Like, I was watching that stuff in middle school. Are those all, like, No, that's not shows? even why... That's not the part of HBO. I was watching, like, documentaries, like, Hookers in Maryland. Like, dude, <laughs> HBO was gnarly in the 90s. Like... HBO is what well, HBO used to have, uh, like Taxi Cab Confessionals, which is yes, pretty nice. I used to watch that. Real Sex was Real huge. Sex was another one. That was a weird vibe. I definitely watched that when I was a kid, which is a pretty interesting, weird show to watch as a young kid. For sure. But it, it, I was, I mean, I, my my family in general is just super open minded. So to put that stuff on top of it, like I was just super, I don't know, like I thought outside the box at a very young age. Very, very young age. It's a good thing. Yeah, not, yeah for I mean, sure. I think nothing but, has meaning. So fuck it. Yeah, but that, the thing is, people will argue, then, why, what's the point of living? Well, you have to make meaning of what you have here on the earth. Like, that, no one, it's no one else's fucking job. Like, if I want to sit here and enjoy life, that's up to me. If I want to fucking jump out of a window, that's up to me. But, like, that's up to you to enjoy. Like, because regardless, they don't matter. You're they don't. Like, dude, we, we nuked fucking Hiroshima. Like, people died. And, like, how do you make meaning of that? You know what I mean? Really like what is going on in africa right now that's been going on there for the last hundred years like how do you take make meaning of that we're just so narcissistic we think it fucking matters especially oh. in like western civilization ready Wait. nihilism nihilism it's nihilism yeah that's what you are i think it's a little harsh but nihilism is the rejection of all religious and moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless 
the thing is there is morality still out that it should exist you should be a good person because it's the right thing to do yeah that's the divide of it it's like because you, you can once again same she talked to my buddy garrett he brought this up yesterday he's an optimistic nihilist where he says you i mean as a nihilist i guess you can if you want to jump off a building that's your prerogative you do whatever you want you can do whatever the hell you want right but i don't know if that means it, it sounds like that definition is the absence of morality but as humans we do have that innate as long as, unless you're a psychotic person, like right. chemically imbalanced, perhaps you don't have those innate human uh, feelings. You know, we should. It's tough to be a nihilist and not be moral. But then at the same time, it's like that. Those feelings aren't. We have a, naturally have emotions, so I think that's what makes it questionable to me. Is to there's got to like, why do we feel the way we feel? Why do we feel these things? Besides, like I'm not talking about pain. Yeah, I'm yeah. Talking about like physical pain. Like, why do we feel it's that? Because I we love have consciousness, them. right? It's because we're right. conscious, and other animals aren't. Because other animals don't really feel much. I mean, no, the animal kingdom is gnarly, right? They just kill or be killed. So that's it. That's kind of what we. What do makes us sense. different is like we actually can think and I, conversate I, and I communicate. I choose not to stab you. But why do you choose not to stab me? Because it's against the law or because you actually don't, you know what I mean? Like, oh, both. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to dig deep into that shit. Man, that'd be a shame if this is all for nothing. Well, I mean, I'll say I'm 90% nihilist or whatever, but like, there's 10% of me that's like, yeah, maybe there is this, like, our souls move on. We live multiple lives. Maybe we travel through the universe and we jump from fucking body to body or organism to organism, right? Like, I could be a tree and some planet a trillion miles away and you just constantly are just jumping from life form to life form when you, you you die whatever and i don't know maybe there's some crazy meaning behind that and it is what it is but if that doesn't exist then yeah i just believe this is all like we're just lucky to be here and that's it it is what it is do you believe in ghosts and like that spirit shit it's weird because i kind of do that's, that's kind of contradictory it is but <laughs> i think that plays more into like us having souls and like just maybe there's different dimensions where souls pass from one dimension to another and you pass from planet to planet universe to universe like when does it end you know what i mean like when does it all end like how many dimensions we're we gonna go to when are we, we're gonna get bored well it's either i mean it's infinite no matter what right so i don't know like when you, there's whether you agree with it or not it's either you're dead forever or you're alive forever right so it's infinite regardless it's like what does a lot mean is a lot like is alive Con i think it's consciousness is more of like what alive is i guess i don't know i mean as a plant conscious i mean it, it breathes it eats oh man it just what's next not for, conscious but like you know it's i mean death is just a trans i believe it's just a transition like like death is scary i'm more scared of like the way i'm gonna like a way i'm gonna die more than dying yeah and then i'm secondarily concerned of about after it's like what the hell like we just did all this for it's been 31 years i've been doing this like shit how much longer do we have to do something else yeah scary i just think of it like this like it's like when you're scared to do anything right but like a lot of people do it and you're like ah, if they could do it i could do it like that's <laughs> so like dude everyone's done it like everyone everyone <laughs> before me has fucking done it my grandpa's done it my grandma's done it my brother did it your dad did it like i could fucking do it man <laughs> Like, I have no fucking choice. Like, just do it. Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> the cool kids are doing it. Uh, but it's true. It's like, dude, a trillion people have died before us. Like, it is what it is. Like, we have, I mean, unless you're like Elon Musk and you're like, all right, well, we're going to figure out a way to live forever. We're going to start combining us to computers, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's, that's the next like, level, singularity or whatever. Yeah, Neuralink is pretty close, close, he says. I don't know, dude. That, watch that's, the singularity documentary. That shit's gnarly. Like, I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah. It's kind of big, like in the 2009, 10, 11. Talking about Neuralink? I don't know what Neuralink is exactly. I'm just like guessing yeah. that it's probably. Neuralink is is like a, I think I'm pretty sure from my understanding, it's like a chip. Pretty, yeah, pretty much that's what I figured it was. And then we talk about, except it, it, apparently what Elon was saying, it would cure everything. Like any like, and it's just a put in your brain and it wires something yeah. else. And like you don't have. A singularity theory, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, they've been, you know, um. What's the word? Guessing that this is going to happen. What's like a uh, prediction? Yeah, they're predicting that this is going to happen. Like it's if you're a fucking scientist who studies this stuff, like it's not hard to see where where technology is going and like combining our brain with technology and our bodies with technology. Look at movies. In the next hundred years, the next thousand years, it's just it's inevitable, right? Like the, how fast things are already going, you yeah, know, progressing. Yeah, like I said, a Hollywood movies. Like so many movies that are like you're seeing things that are kind of real now yeah 
I mean, dude, Skynet's like two, 10 years away. Skynet? Terminator. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean, <laughs> but that's the other thing, like, I don't know. The singularity theory actually is interesting because I think it's one of the theories of it is that, like, humans evolved from apes, right? Mm. And then, like, we're going to evolve into the next species, like, that we don't know exists. But it's basically just, like, a hybrid human computer. And, like, our purpose... Terminator. Not even necessarily Terminator. Like, even, like, way lesser of, like... Not even walking around at some point, you know, like we're literally just computers that kind of. I think whatever. that's Neuralink. I think Neuralink is yeah. like it's almost transmitting messages. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't don't Google this, guys. If you're listening, I don't know anything about Neuralink. I just know it's advanced. But yeah, I mean, that's is that a life you want to live? Do you want to live forever in a computer? Do you want to upload your consciousness into a computer? I mean, they. I mean, there's already theories that we are. This is not even. This is a simulation, right? Like that's a. What the hell is that? I mean, like we're, we're an Xbox. Yeah. Literally, like there's an advanced species that created an advanced Westworld. Yeah, I mean, I think no, Westworld's a different version of that. But yeah. Westworld is a created like an experience. Like they actually have physical um, robots in Westworld. Yeah. Whereas like the theory of this being a simulation is like we literally don't exist. Like we're just in a program and being told how to you know blah blah blah. But the way the, the way our body and brains operate is is, a, is essentially a computer. Yeah. It's very similar to a computer. And the universe. If you look at the way the universe operates, they say our, the, what is it, like, this, the neurons between our brain, like, when our brains, like, uh, when it speaks to each other, it's the same as, like, I don't know, stars or something, like, the same fucking, I could be totally wrong about that, but yeah, I've heard there's, I've heard, I've heard there's, like, comparisons between the way the brain works and, like, actually, like, the universe. That's bizarre. Which, no, but it isn't. It makes sense. I mean, if, we all are, ca- if we all came from the Big Bang, bang it yeah, makes sense. We're all made up of that shit. We're all made up of the same... Clearly, yeah. we're made up of the same shit because yeah. we're here. And when you do, like, DMT and all this shit, you never go to see fucking God. You ever notice that? Like, I've never done it, but you hear people talk about it. It's like, you go into the universe. It is the universe. I've had, I've had a similar experience where I was yeah. just, it was in the space. I was in space. That's like, okay, that makes sense. My buddy, my, my buddy uh, Salim, what's up? Hope you're listening. He he had a deep experience with DMT. He was like, right, he told me he was riding a dragon. And he saw some god goddess figure, and I, I don't know the name. It was one. It was a goddess figure that apparently showed up multiple times. That's the thing that that makes me consider psychedelics in those situations. There's a lot of repetitive stories of seeing the same god, like seeing a lot of the same things. Yeah. I heard one story of ayahuasca. Once again, it's a story. Who knows? That they all saw the same thing. It's like one thing to have seven, ten, twelve different. Everyone trips. in the same group saw the same thing. Yeah, like that's interesting. That's questionable. Yeah, that is on many levels. And he said he saw some goddess figure and she said are you looking for someone or something like that and she goes all you ever need all you ever needed was yourself and he was while he's riding a dragon and he took that and ran with it so it's like is that just a gnarly trip in your own brain and you're just tricking yourself but it does have meaning because we have these deeper subconscious levels that do have truth to it right or Or is it really going somewhere else would Freud just say that's like his mother exactly (laughs) it's just just his mother that's you know that's my mom in the dragon like no i mean who do we look up to more than anyone as kids as infants as yeah exactly mothers and parents mothers and dads like you don't lose that until you get a little older and you're like oh fuck you mom fuck you dad but like when you're a kid like watch a fucking five-year-old with his mom yeah like they're obsessed you know, that's your God. That's your God. That's your everything. And that's why we hold those like emotions and towards our parents. If they, if later in life, we're not happy with ourselves, this is totally, you know, sidetracking, but like, there's a lot of hate towards your parents mm-hmm. when you get older. Cause you blame them for like, maybe you not being happy with yourself. Cause they were supposed to, you know, make you a better person. That was their job. How could they, have, you know? Yeah. The nature versus nurture. And then it goes back to the, the guilt that parents could potentially feel. Cause like, they deep down know that too. Well, it's just unrealistic expectations is really what it is because there's too many factors that kind of... Too many factors. At the end of the day, we're all experimenting and we think we know, but we have no idea. (laughs) Exactly. Well, how do you feel about it? Good. Yeah? You seem loose. Feel a little loose. (laughs) Feel a little loose? Yeah. Good. Well, thank you for doing this. My pleasure, man. Uh, I don't know if you have any last thoughts or hurrah. I got nothing. That's cool. I I like it. You look... Yeah, Dan's wearing the first the first guest ever to wear my Dead Talk shirt. Your chesticles look strong. Do they? Yeah, they look great. I did some push-ups today. Nice. Should bounce them out. We'll pounce them out as we close this out. All right, if you stay to the end, guys. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for being here, my man. My pleasure. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you made it this far, subscribe, like, do all that good stuff so I can get more people to watch my podcast. All right, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>